the St Albans Podcast Theatre Show with Ben and Susie. Hello and welcome to the theatre show with Susie and... Ben! And it's a <laughs> lockdown edition. Did you forget your name then? <laughs> I did. I was surprised when it came to me. Uh, yeah, lockdown edition. This is fun. Yeah. It's been ages since we've been together virtually. To, yeah. uh, to Not even together, together, are we? No, just yeah, gazing across the screen. Um, <laughs> but it, it looks like everything's kicking back off again. Theatre yeah. is coming back. Yeah, it's really interesting to see how like different uh, different approaches to you know the new normal are are happening. What what the new normal is for theatre because we've got some great things coming up, haven't we? We have. So um, I mean, it's been it's been tricky to coordinate with us, really, hasn't it? Trying to do everything virtually and remotely. So, um, but we spoke. Interesting. We spoke a few weeks ago to Adam Nickel about um, Twelfth Night and what. Um, over in the Malting Theatre was doing taking Twelfth Night online and at that time Adam said he was really trying to focus on what they could do to get theatre back. Um, little did I know they were about to embark on this huge national campaign to um, bring back open air performances and um, it's great to have spoken to him again this week to hear more about that campaign and about the fact that Malting Theatre has uh, once again, taking over the Roman Theatre on Blue House Hill and they're through August, starting from the 14th, they've got this open air theatre festival. So we talked to him about that. Um, and also his play that he's directing in that Merry Wives of Windsor. Which we will be reviewing on this episode, won't we? Well, no, well, no next episode. So this episode. On the next episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all very complicated. So, uh, yeah, as you hear this, uh, this show is going out on the 13th. We're going to go and watch an opening night on the 14th, along with Henry V. And we also, in this episode, are speaking to Matthew Parker, who is directing that for OVO at the festival. Um, there are several other shows going on, 34 different sh- uh, performances of, I think it was seven shows. Listen. And Adam will tell you. Um, so lots going on, lots going on in there. Um, but then we also speak to Philip Reardon in this show for something a little bit different. Yes, uh, it's a radio show, actually. Uh, what is it? Disseminated by the St Albans podcast. We've got a hand in it. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. So as you listen, uh, things have changed slightly since we spoke with Philip. Um, yeah, the the. Radio play is going out exclusively on the St Albans Podcast Network on the twentieth of August. It will be live, so you can uh, you can hear it if you subscribe to the St Albans Podcast. You will get that automatically. Check back in, and you will hear a wonderfully locally written um, and acted and produced um, theatre um, yeah radio play. So Philip will tell us more about that. Yeah, which is exciting. You know, that's another approach to the new normal. Just make it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, from what he says about it as well, it, that adds something to it that it's all been done virtually because it is about, you know, meeting people without seeing them and, and those weird ways we make relationships these days. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, should we dive in and start listening to our guests? Yeah, let's go for it. Hi, this is Susie. I am joined now by Adam Nichols, who is, um, I'm going to get this wrong again, aren't I? Is Artistic Director for Walting Theatre. Hi, Adam, how are you? Hi, Susie. I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. So we spoke a couple of months ago, um, just before you guys were, were delivering Twelfth Night uh, live via Zoom, which was a cracking run, wasn't it? 
it was great yeah yeah it went went really well um yeah we were very pleased um with people's response to it and um how many people came to see it yeah it was it was an exciting project to do and it got the run got extended which i was pleased about i mean i uh so i loved watching it i have to say with my nerd hat on i just was fascinated by the use of zoom <laughs> as much as anything <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I think we've, you know, we've we've probably um, blazed a bit of a trail there in terms of uh, pushing that technology to its limits, really. Um, and we've had a lot of uh, conversations with other companies since we finished doing it about uh, how they can kind of use the technology to uh, deliver different types of performance. So yeah, it was. It yeah. was Brilliant. So since then, you have been all over all of our media, uh, BBC, FT, Standard, uh, Telegraph, Guardian, anything I've missed there? <laughs> there was the full media. That was my favorite. Oh. <laughs> so you've, got, you've been you know, going very hard campaigning for the government to open up live outdoor performances. Um, and there's been a bit of a win, hasn't there? There has. <laughs> Yeah, so we were able to persuade the government that actually it would be sensible to allow outdoor performances to restart. So um, that, that decision was taken at the beginning of July. And uh, this month, I think, really is when a lot of companies are looking to produce work outdoors. Yeah, because it's not quite as easy as we can do it. So let's just do one. There's there's an awful lot of planning and um, and everything that goes into it. But you... Uh, Malting Suta has managed to pull together an entire outdoor festival, which is running from the 14th of August through to the end of August. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, I think because we are used to producing work outdoors anyway, we were obviously able to move quite quickly to get something up and running. I think for probably for a lot of a lot of indoor companies, or a lot of indoor theatres, it's maybe more difficult um, to you know, put something together at this kind of speed. But we obviously had a certain amount of the infrastructure in place already. So, uh, yeah, we were able to move quickly to get something up and running. And so how many different the, – the, the shows are running the, – the festival's running over just over two-week period. Um, how many shows are taking place? So 34 performances, seven mm -hmm. productions, um, and we've got performances happening several a day in, on most days. Uh, because of the social distancing rules, we're not having intervals, and the shows are all running – uh, straight through kind of an hour and a half. So it enables us to have more than one performance a day. Ah, fantastic. And so having been last year, I came to a couple of the shows that, that were in your, your theatre. Is it the same kind of setup? Do you, do you bring bring a blanket, bring something to eat and drink, or is it...? It's similar, yeah. Um, we've, we've had to think very carefully, obviously, about the social distancing, but that particular venue lends itself quite well because of the the way that it's configured with different levels, which means mm. we can have different sections of audience sitting you know, far enough apart that we, we meet all the social distancing guidelines and we can still fit a decent number of people in. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are certain sections where you bring your own chair and other sections where uh, we provide the seating and obviously thinking about things like cleaning and, and that kind of stuff that we have to be hot on at the moment. Mm. Oh, fantastic. Now, you mentioned the venue. We should probably tell people where it's taking place. Yeah, so it's the Roman Theatre of St Albans, uh, which is on Blue House Hill, uh, just by St Michael's. Um, it's a really spectacular uh, location if you haven't been there before. It's about 2,000 years old, and uh, it is where the bear baiting and the circus acts and the 
public hangings of the Roman era took place. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a venue with a lot of history, but it's it's also a very beautiful spot as well. And it's it's is it just in the Gorhambury estate? You we park up in um, you can park up. There's a car park um, at Berylanium at the backside of Berylanium by the museum. You can park there, yeah. cross the road safely at the crossing, um, and you just go in those lovely gates. Uh, so it's just inside the Gorhambury estate. It is. That's right. Yeah. I always say that because I think, I mean, I've lived in St Albans my entire life and I think the first time I went um, was a couple of summers ago to watch a performance there and I hadn't hadn't ventured over before. So I think it's a bit of a, a you know, maybe not a secret secret, but a, <laughs> yeah, a known secret. It's surprising how many people don't know it's there. Um, but equally, most of the people I know that went to school within a sort of 20-mile radius of St Albans went there we at some point and vaguely remember it. Yeah, so I don't know why I didn't do a trip there. Anyway, uh, we digress. But um, lovely. So uh, thank you, Adam. We are going to come back in a moment because I want to talk to you a little bit more um, about one of the performances that you are organising yourself. Um, so we will join Adam again shortly. Hello, I'm Simon Carver. Join me and Danny Smith on our new podcast, The St Albans Film Guide. Each week we'll be looking at what's on at the cinema, the top 10, uh, new releases, and also what's on TV over the coming week on all the free-to-air channels. Now, if you want to find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for The St Albans Podcast. Alternatively, you can go to stalbanspodcast.com to find out more. So that's The Film Guide with me, Simon Carver, part of The St Albans Podcast in association with The Hearts Advertiser. Hello, you're joining Susie and I am joined with um, Philip Reed. And hello, Philip, how are you? Hello there, Susie, very well. Nice to see so you. We're, we, we're virtually podcasting, but I can see Philip and he just pulled a little nervous face. Don't be nervous. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us what you've been up to um, as part of your lockdown. I'm sorry, hold on one second. Listeners, you should know that we are, we're doing this in the evening. He just took a sip of Prosecco and I'm a bit jealous. I should have got a glass of wine. Um, tell me what you... Prosecco in your honour. <laughs> <laughs> tell me what you've been up to in lockdown. Tell me about uh, the, the radio play you've been looking at. In our lockdown, well, basically, we did, we, we sort of ran um, an initiative called uh, the Corona Monologues. And which was very well supported and very well attended by lots of people. We asked, basically, we asked writers to, to write something lasting about a minute um, to be recorded by us on a camera. Quite mm-hmm. simple, but it needed to last a minute. Anyhow, this um, loving lockdown came in. And it wasn't a monologue, it was a duologue as a start. And it didn't run for a minute, it ran for about 15 minutes, but it was still great. So it was sort of extra and surplus to these 40-odd things that we did get that we could record uh, on video, but we decided to make it an audio recording. And I think it works very well as an audio recording because it was it was quite fun doing that because not the sort of thing we do an awful lot because we're a theatre company, basically. Yeah. You basically, uh, theatre is very visual. Yeah. And so, so this came in from one of your members, um, Jenny Kilcast, two people yeah. who've been to theatre might have seen in, in several productions um, and just sort of throughout St Albans. Um, so so yeah. I saw on the Abbey Theatre website she was inspired by some kittens. That, do you know this? No, I don't. She, know. Like she, uh, she had some kittens in her back garden, which inspired an over-the-fence uh, friendship 
becoming with with a neighbor and it made her feel like you know how do people fall in love through lockdown and and therefore she developed this story so I take it there's no reference to kittens in the actual no there isn't at all and I didn't know that is quite that's quite what what sparks people in lockdown the most strange yeah really what sparks creativity no i didn't know that no there you go there you go learn something new whatsoever these are a couple of uh, a, a couple that didn't really know each other that have lived next door to each other forever and because they were both at home basically they they were able to um they started a sort of communication over the fence so they didn't mm -hmm. know each other they couldn't see each other they'd never spoken to each other but they sort of formed this relationship, and it's it's quite sweet. It's quite a sweet story, actually. <laughs> Beautiful. So, so Jenny wrote it. Um, she sent it in, and you said, "Hang on, we, we can't do this as one of the monologues because it's yeah. not a monologue and quite. it's not a minute." Um, and so, and so, at that point, did you say, "But wouldn't it be great? Let's let's make this into something different." And um, did did you audition people, or did you just say? I know Matt will be up for this. Matt, um, Matt Hughes-Short, who's the, the guy who plays Mark I in it. I thought that Matt Hughes-Short, who plays the chap in it, would be mm -hmm. ideal. Because uh, I was actually, the thing is with, with, with visuals, it's easy to picture. You can see people, but with voice, yeah. it's something entirely different. But I know that people of 60 sound different to people of 25. So... And these are youngsters, they're, they're 25, you know, and, and, and 30 maybe, and they need to sound that age. You know, you can tell by my voice now, Susie, I'm sure, that as I'm speaking, you think, well, my goodness, this is a 23, 24-year-old. No, I mean, you're, yeah, you're almost, or just, a, just a tad over, you know, definitely around that 30 mark. That's <laughs> <laughs> like me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on anyway right thank you Philip we're going to come back talk to Philip a little bit more find out more about the play um just after this next part hi you are with Susie I have ventured out of the house for a change I'm at the Malting Theatre um, and I'm with Matthew Parker hello hello um and you are joining us to tell us about the show that you are um directing for the Malting's um open air theatre festival um Henry V that's right yeah uh Henry V is one of the two in-house shows that the Maltings are producing at the festival Adam Nichols the artistic director of the Maltings is directing Merry Wives of Windsor and we've just um, spoken with him so with them our listeners will be hearing him his voice as well. Fabulous and I'm directing a sort of fun fast-paced feisty youth orientated uh, version of Henry V. So let's start uh, with the basics for those who don't know the play Henry V give us the uh, the quick the quick view the synopsis. Well what Shakespeare's done it was written at a time of um, uneasiness around who was going to take over the throne in England because it was towards the end of Elizabeth's reign so he's written this play about Henry V, who obviously is one of our English kings, a medieval king, who tried to win France. Uh, uh, the Battle of Agincourt is obviously the famous bit. And he does end up winning France, but he doesn't hold it for very long. His son loses it. Okay. Um, but it's about a tiny king, a single person, God's appointed human on earth, trying to rouse an entire kingdom to fight for home and heart. 
I wish I wish this was a visual uh, medium because you're so passionate when you're talking about that. I wish people could see you. I have the most ridiculously florid hands. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's so nice to be in person doing one of these interviews as well. It's been a while. So so that's what it is. Now we know we know Ovo well. We know that you don't do straight Shakespeare. No. So tell us what's the spin. Well, when Adam asked if I'd like to do a Shakespeare uh, as part of the Open Air Festival, uh, but socially distant and, um, and with a cast of ten, I thought, right, okay, well, a history is a really good one and, uh, because people don't really touch in the histories. There's, you know, right. there's lots of sort of, only the king sits on a throne and everybody else <laughs> sort of just moves around. Um, uh, and then I started to think about social distancing and how are we going to do that. And with a cast of ten, we have to do multi-role. So right. there's one actor, actress, Mara, who plays Henry. And the other nine actors play everybody else. It's right. about 30 additional roles. So it's lots of popping on a hat and becoming somebody. But because we realised we couldn't swap hats or touch each other's hats <laughs> or touch each other's swords, I kind of came up with this idea of um, a school production. So we have a cast of eight adult actors uh, ten adult actors, but eight of them play GCC drama students in school uniforms. Great. And they're getting together in the summer to re-rehearse their school production of Henry V, but to re-block it to make it socially distant. So right. we absolutely acknowledge the social distancing to the point that each student in the play, I'm doing inverted commas there, <laughs> yeah, student, yeah is given a coloured piece of tape that they mark all their own props with and that's all part of the pre-show and then yeah. the audience get to see that. Yeah. So, and there's like little bits where people get a bit too close and the teachers just shout out social distancing <laughs> and we jump back and we carry on. There's a few kisses in the play which we've had to do sort of social distancing and we've had the whole rehearsal room marked out as uh, one metre squares so that we make sure that nobody gets a, a metre closer to one another. So obviously you're talking about social distancing so we're set modern day yeah it's set well if you come to see it on i think you're coming this friday, friday. at 9 p.m so that show will be set friday at 9 p.m on the 14th of august in 2020 brilliant so, so everyone's getting it exactly as is exactly so the framing device about this school product this school re-rehearsal takes place at exactly the time that you're watching it. And then, of course, they jump back in time and they do Henry V. Yeah. But the way they do Henry V is a mix of all sorts of different costumes. Yeah. It's not all medieval. You know, we've got a lovely leopard print fur coat for the hostess. And, <laughs> so we just, we're trying to use the idea of that one of the first lines in the play is on your imaginary forces work. So we're trying to play with what the kids, these 16-year-old students' imaginations would be, how yeah. they would do Henry V. So we have lots of modern music in it as well. I've been... I've doing the choreography as well. I've been trying to learn TikTok dances over the weekend, which, mm. I mean, your listeners can't see me, but I'm an overweight, middle-aged, bald man, <laughs> and me trying to learn TikTok, TikTok dances in, in, in my house <laughs> in a heat wave. Quite a sight. I, th- I mean, you say TikTok, I'm lost. I, I can't even work Instagram. So but it's like, what 16 year olds watching on YouTube. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so I was going to ask about music. So it's completely modern music as well. So you know, anyone who's uh, listening to the radio at the minute will be very comfortable. Absolutely. I sort of gave my actors a task of saying, what would your school, what, what would your school kid character what piece of music would they want to put in right. Henry V and then we've tried to work quite a lot of those in Brilliant. Um, and yeah and I've learned a little bit myself because I know nothing <laughs> of modern music um, so it's an educational round absolutely absolutely and so we're talking about it being set in the school I mean obviously it's, it's massively abridged because it's 90 minutes yeah 
Is it suitable for the whole family? Absolutely, absolutely. It's loads of fun, it's fast-paced. The thing I love about Henry V, the, the Shakespeare play Henry V, is that it's a bit of everything. It's yeah. a bit like a pick and mix. It's rousing and epic, which people know, of course, the once more into the breach, dear friend's speech. So it's rousing and epic and dramatic. But it's also f really funny. Uh, it's quite silly. Well, ours is. <laughs> uh, it's moving. It's emotional. It's got a bit of everything, because what Shakespeare writes is like a cross-section of society. Yeah. From lords to lackeys. Yeah. Everybody bands together to fight for England. Um, it's suitable for everybody, absolutely, bring them along. Brilliant. So we talked so we talked about Friday night, it's at nine o'clock, but of course it's at different times on each of the days. There's multiple performances across the, the three weeks. Is it three weeks? That's right, festival? yeah. It starts on the 14th of August and runs through to Bank Holiday Monday the 31st. Performances are mainly Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but it's a couple of Wednesdays. And the different times, we've got three o'clock shows, we've got six o'clock shows, we've got nine o'clock shows. And that's for the whole festival, as well as yeah. Henry V, which has 10 performances across yeah. the three weeks. Merry Wives has 15 performances. And then there are lots of other lovely visiting companies bringing yeah. shows for a couple of performances as well. And everything, as we've, we've heard from Adam already, everything's socially distanced, so you can come on your own, you'll be socially distanced. If you come with your friends, you'll be socially distanced you know, in your, in your group. Um, so it's going to be a fantastic and safe experience, I think, for everybody. Absolutely. The tickets are, uh, the seats are set out in pairs, but you can buy, if you want to go to the theatre on your own, come and see us on your own, and I love doing that myself. Yeah. You can buy a single seat and uh, the seat next to you will be blocked out. So it's, it's, it's you know, we're, we have set about this entire project with safety absolutely paramount. Yeah. And obviously that safety and showing that safety and showing how we're using our props in a socially distant way will allow the audience to relax and then we can entertain them, which is the other equally important thing. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to seeing it. Thank you so much for your time, Matthew. Great to meet you. It's a pleasure. You too. Thank okay. you. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. I'm back now with Adam Nichols uh, from the Malting Theatre. So we've just been talking about the Open Air Theatre Festival itself, which is running from the 14th to the 31st of August. Um, you are actually um, directing one of the one of the performances that's taking place. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I'm directing The Merry Wives of Windsor, uh, which is um, one of Shakespeare's best comedies, I think. It's quite an underrated play, not done all that often, um, and the scholars tend to sniff it a bit because it doesn't perhaps have the same literary uh, standards that some of his other plays had. But it is incredibly funny and it's one of those plays that just works really well with an audience. Audiences always really love it. And so for anyone who doesn't know Merry Wives, what's the synopsis? Well, the, the, the legend, although I was reading recently that it's not actually true, is that <laughs> Queen, Queen Elizabeth uh, asked Shakespeare to write the play um, because she liked the character of Falstaff in uh, Henry V and Henry IV okay. and II. So it was kind of a vehicle, like a spin-off almost. 
Um, apparently, though, that story isn't true. It's a nice story, but it but it's not. Oh, like it. Let's let's say it is. <laughs> but certainly, um, the uh, the 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 play is written very much about Falstaff, who in the original is a is a rather a kind of knight, a womanizer, drinker, um, slightly rough character, and about how he basically tries to woo two fairly wealthy women. Uh, to get their money. That's the long and the short of it. Um, we transposed it to a 1980s setting. Uh, so we have him as the front man of a, an 80s rock band called Spirit of One. Uh, and that enabled us to bring on a lot of that fantastic 1980s music. Uh, and uh, yeah, explore, I suppose, it's, it's a class comedy, really. It's, a, it's the original sitcom, probably. Uh, so it allows us to explore the middle class mores. Um, in in that kind of setting. Really, I was I was just about to ask you because you don't do shake, straight Shakespeare, do you? It's always it's always going to have a twist. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And eighties, I mean, eighties is fantastic. The music of the era is, but is it going to be full on? Is it going to be neon, crimped hair? That's right. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of it is is kind of there's a lot of power ballads. We've got um, Heart. Um, we've got Alice Cooper. Uh, so there's a lot of the more rocky stuff, but there, there's there's some more of the, the more of the poppy stuff. So we've got a bit of Elton John in there, a um, bit of Huey Lewis news, um, so yeah, a bit of real mix. Fantastic! And so you said there's there's no intervals in any of these shows. Uh, is it what? It's about ninety minutes or so, is it? Yeah. So they're all running through ninety minutes without an interval. Um, and the reason for that is simply to to ensure that we can maintain the social distancing. But actually, I quite it's quite nice the the discipline of a of a ninety minute running time um, and the decisions that it forces you to make um, in terms of keeping everything you know really punchy. Uh, so I, I quite like actually the uh, the restrictions that it's placed on us have been quite liberating in, in a funny sort of way. Oh, nice. And I guess, uh, so the, the next interesting point is, so socially distancing, we've talked about that in terms of the audience and how you're managing that and the cleaning. How do you rehearse? I mean, how many people are in the cast? So there's 13 people in the cast. Um, how do you socially distance a 13-person play? It's, it's challenging. Um, so in the room, uh, we have the room marked out with a grid um, so that we can see kind of easily where people are in relation to each other to make sure that they're keeping the the meter apart uh, on stage i mean one of the reasons we chose this play and also henry v um, which is the other play that i've been producing in the festival is because they don't require really any physical contact you know it's 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 feasible to do them some of shakespeare's plays particularly the comedies if you weren't able to have a physical touch it would be very very difficult to do them i think but both these plays allow us to yeah, maintain the distancing without it seeming sort of ridiculous to watch. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and then aside from that, um, we have, we're trying to keep, the actors are trying to keep more or less in a bit of a bubble. Um, you know, we can't, uh, we can't ask them to lock themselves away in their bedrooms every night after rehearsal and not see anybody. But we are trying to restrict the number of people that they come into contact with. And when we're rehearsing in the theatre, we're being quite strict about visitors and people coming in and out. Um, so, yeah, I suppose it's, it's similar kind of, similar kind of steps uh, that um, all organisations are having to take at the moment, plus yeah. you know, extra cleaning and making sure people are washing their hands and all that kind of stuff. And and so the, the question you must be worried about, have you got a backup uh, cast in case somebody gets, gets struck down? Yeah. In, in a word, no. 
No, and and we we have no insurance because the insurance industry hasn't really caught up with COVID yet. So yeah. there's a discussion going on. It's I think it's the biggest obstacle actually to theatres reopening um, yeah. is that the risk. I mean, as we've seen over the last week or so, you know, this is going to be still a bumpy ride. Um, so the risk that uh, something happens is is there, of course. I think outdoors. You know, it's a little bit less risky. Um, I mean, clearly, if there was some kind of renewed local or national lockdown, then that's what happens. But I think that there's definitely a uh, yeah a reduced risk from being outdoors. And so I think that if additional measures are taken, you know, if some of the the steps forward have to be reversed, then outdoor events I think will be towards the end of the list. Of the list you know, yeah, uh, having to to stop. So we've just got our fingers crossed, really. And, and hope that it's okay. Oh, it sounds fantastic. We're looking forward to coming to see it. So uh, Ben and I are both joining you to to watch. As this goes out on Thursday 13th, we're watching tomorrow night the 14th. Um, so I think we've got a back-to-back with Merry Wives and Henry the Henry V. So looking forward to it. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us and, and well done on all of your um, you know work campaigning to get this off the ground. We, we wish the run very, uh, all the best. We'll conclude links to how to get tickets and everything in the notes of the podcast as well. Fabulous. Thanks a lot, Susie. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Right. Hello, it's Susie. I'm back here now with Philip. He's telling us all about the radio play Love in Lockdown. Now, we've had a little bit about, so Jenny uh, Kilcast wrote it. So Jenny and uh, Matt star in it. You've helped them pull this together. How did you, did you rehearse this together, the three of you? Oh uh, yes. Now recording was something else. That was quite that was quite challenging because again we were in lockdown at the time that it was recorded, and I asked them first of all. I asked, and we were recording using iPhones and mobile phones and what have you, mm-hmm. rather than professional microphones and professional studios. We, we we had what we had available basically. So I asked them to record on their mobile phones and. The thing, oh, oh my goodness me. So they did it. We rehearsed it actually first on Zoom and the sound quality wasn't great at all. Uh, it wasn't actually usable because I was going to try and thread yeah. But I wanted them both on Zoom so that they were talking at the same time. Mm-hmm. I listened to it and it really wasn't quality enough. So I asked them then to re-record it um, individually right together in a car um because it's it's a it's a more closed sort of environment mm-hmm. um that was slightly better because it was more yeah. closed and encapsulated but still the quality wasn't good enough and i could then marry them together so they were very i think <laughs> I, I asked them a number of times to keep re-recording it in a number of different settings until finally we came to something that really works, um, a room with lots of soft furnishing. Okay. A bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tested it myself on my own mobile phone and I buried my mobile phone under a pile of pillows because I'm thinking of the, these these um, microphones that I've seen, the great huge boom mics that they use. Yeah. In film, are covered in fluff and fur, and they're all covered with all sorts of things. And I thought, well, if if they sort of bury their mobile phones under a pile of pillows and cushions and duvets and 
microphone. And that is the actual recording that I ended up using at the end. Brilliant. Very patient with me because they did keep on recording, recording, recording. Yeah. Um, so, so now if anyone's thinking of doing a radio play themselves, they can skip all the hard work and just go straight, yeah. to, straight to wrapping a phone in a Cover their, and bury their mobile phones and, and just record. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So people will be able to listen to um, Love in Lockdown exclusively uh, across the St Albans Podcast Network, am I right? Absolutely, absolutely. Wonderful. Now, as we're recording this, we don't have a confirmed date to air. We need to talk to uh, the big the big boss, Danny Smith, uh, to confirm. But hopefully I will be, uh, have that in the notes of the show at the end. And uh, it should be going out shortly after this. So we are very much looking forward to sharing that with our listeners. Um, and we will be obviously reviewing it because that's what we do. So we'll look forward to that too. I will I'll be paying particular um particular attention to the acoustic effects of duvet over my phone. <laughs> <laughs> duvet and pillow over microphone. <laughs> I'll be debating who's got better quality duvet. Places this is duvet. <laughs> Micro is just the way forwards in sound recording. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, brilliant. Well, we look forward so much to um, to listening to the play, to finding out more about it and to um, reviewing it. Thank you very much for joining us. It's always a pleasure. My we'll pleasure. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you so much. Well, that was great. Obviously, it's a pleased to be back. Yeah, lovely. So much. I mean, so much that we've covered. So many people that we've spoken to. Um, but yeah, lots to look forward to. I think so. Hopefully, um, join join Ovo um, and and the various different performances. Lots of other people, Melting Theatre, are putting on at the Raymond Third Festival. Get your tickets. Uh, information in the the notes. And come back next week to hear our reviews and listen to Love in Lockdown. Yep. I hope you're all. I hope you're all getting on all right in lockdown. You're all staying sane. Yeah, we miss you. Tell us. I'm not. Tell us if you're. Tell us if you're doing uh, any any kind of innovative theatre. If you know what are you doing to tick by? You're doing readings online. We we want to hear about it. So get in touch with us. Um, and yeah, and, and get in touch with us at Ben oh. at AlwaysPodcast dot com <laughs> or Susie at AlwaysPodcast dot com or this show. show. That's at alwayspodcast.com. See, we're rusty, oh, yeah. we're back into it. We're rusty, we're definitely rusty. Um, but thank you. Thank you, Ben. This was fun. And we should um, thank, of course, to the Hearts Advertiser, as ever, for uh, enabling us. <laughs> <laughs> right, tune in next week. Bye. The Theatre Show with Ben and Susie. Produced in association with the St. Albans Podcast. For more St Albans podcasts, check out stalbanspodcast.com for full details on all the podcasts available and how to subscribe. To get in touch with the Theatre Show, email theatreshow at stalbanspodcast.com. The St Albans Podcast Theatre Show, out every fortnight on Thursdays.